Scripture reading from today's lesson will be from the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verses 13 and 14. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, and others Elijah, but still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. morning. Um, I wanted to say that I am, I did my best to research everything that uh, I'm going to be presenting today. Uh, I'm not a trained preacher. If uh, any of you believe that I have taught something in error, please uh, bring that to my attention afterwards. I've uh, always been worried about giving a sermon. Uh, not only is there a real fear of public speaking, but also, I've always heard you should go with what you know. You know, write about what you know, preach about what you know. And my thing is, I don't know anything. So, I was always nervous about that. Then I realized I could. See? There. So, as I was saying, I then realized I could preach about what I don't know, if you can call this a preaching. And I can fill oceans with what I don't know. With that pressure being off, I actually came around to something that I do know a little bit about. One of the things I don't know about is why that, <laughs> why that went blank. Try it again. There we go. So I call this there and back again. A journey into other religions and other practices to find their views on Jesus Christ. You might be uh, wondering why we would look at other views. And I would say that Jesus Christ himself, this is very odd, was interested in what people had to say about him. We find it recorded um, two different times in Luke and Matthew. We had the scripture reading here. He asked, you know, who do other people say I am? And they said, you know, one of the prophets or Elijah or John the Baptist. We are going to go on a little bit of a journey today. We are going to sit here and look at the slide. It doesn't want to work. I don't know, when, when I was doing this by myself, it happened once, and I, I fixed it, but I don't know how I fixed it. All right, I might just have to point at you every time I need to. <laughs> I'll just like, I'll do that. All right, so we are going to go to the outer rim of atheism, back through the lands of spiritualism, Islam, Judaism, the Mormon faith, and finally back home to the Bible and Christianity. Um, I always found it interesting that other religions, other practices, but always try to claim Jesus in some fashion. They try to 
kind of shoehorn him into their own paradigm. So we're going to look at that just a little bit. And And I'm going to start with atheism. Now, you would think that people that don't even believe in God wouldn't have anything to say about Jesus. But what I found was a book called We Are Stardust. It was, called, it was by a guy named Stephen Klein. In it is an interview with a man named Richard Dawkins. If you've never heard of him, Dr. Dawkins is one of the most outspoken atheists of our age. He's written several books to claim, you know, um, to oppose, supposedly denounce God or say that there is not a God. But in this interview, the um, author saw a picture of Richard Dawkins with a t-shirt that said, Atheist for Jesus. And he asked him about that. What's, what's going on with, the, uh, with that shirt? And this is in part what uh, Mr. Dawkins had to say. The point I was trying to make was that Jesus was a good man. But I suspect that if he had the knowledge we had today, he would be an atheist and probably would be a good man. So according to Richard Dawkins, uh, his profession is an uh, evolutionary biologist, Jesus was a good but misinformed man. Next is spiritualism. First of all, what is spiritualism? It's a religion with the idea that you can contact the dead or, or angels or space brothers, what we uninitiated, we called extraterrestrial aliens, and learn some great spiritual truths. I'm actually personally acquainted with this. For three years, I was um, part, kind of, of the Wells Spiritualist Church Camp. Wells, Kansas is a little city, about 100 miles, 150 miles north of here. It has about 30 people in it. But it has this little spiritualist church. And they have a camp about a week at once a year. And people from all over the United States will come to this camp. Some of them save up money throughout the year so they can have readings with their favorite psychics, um, learn about their past lives and all this. Um, just for the record, I did not participate in trying to contact the dead or um, listen to my spirit, my spirit guides. I was there kind of as like, this is interesting and trying to learn more about life in general and spirit. I was attending a church service and this prominent member, I still remember his name, Bob Austin. I think it's easy to remember because he was from Texas, but he wasn't from Austin, Texas. He was from like Denton, Texas. But he was considered kind of a big deal in the spiritual world, spiritualism world. And he said this, he said that and he's quoting from, or he's not really quoting, he's just referring from John 14, 6. He said that Jesus did not say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Um, you can only come through the Father but through me. But what he did say was, you can only get to the Father by the way I am doing it. And at that time, I thought that was great spiritual wisdom. That shows you my spiritual state way back then. I thought that was great. Because that statement says that Jesus wasn't the only way to God. And in spiritualism, that's true. If you ask them about Jesus, you'll hear them, you know, the master teacher, the master healer, this and that. But in their view, basically, he was just one of the greats. He was like Buddha. He was like the different Hindu gods or the yoga, great yoga teachers that were uh, able to reincarnate. And that's their basic idea 
of Christ. But he was not the only way to heaven. And yes, I know it's pretty much unprofessional to walk around with notes in your hand, but that's what I got. Okay. Next we'll go to Islam and Judaism. So this information comes from the website MuslimUnityCenter.org. And here's what they say they believe about Jesus. Jesus was born of a virgin, taught love and mercy, did miracles, was a prophet of God, but was not God or the Son of God. Um, they said that they, you know, it was an interesting statement, I thought. They said that you cannot be, an is, cannot be um, Islamic and not honor Jesus. So they do honor him in their own estimation. Um, but what I, uh, in conclusion, after reading what they had to say, Islam states that Jesus was the last, last, last in line of a long line of prophets that were sent to the Israelites, but they misunderstood his message. So Jesus was a prophet, did miracles, and taught some really good stuff, is what you can um, boil that down to. Judaism, turns out the Jews have less to say about Jesus than the Islams or the spiritualists. Um, from myjewishlearning.com, it's a site about Jewish customs and, uh, and beliefs. Who, who is Jesus? The short answer is, Judaism did not consider Jesus to be a prophet, Messiah, or the Son of God. He was, however, Jewish. That's my own emphasis. Here's a little better explanation given by Dr. Amy Jill Levine. Uh, the site said she's a regular contributor. Some Jews see him as a wise rabbi, others as a heretic. Some find inspiration in his words, others take offense. So in the conclusion I drew after reading through the site, it's just, the answer you're going to get is pretty much on who you ask as far as the uh, uh, Jewish mindset is concerned. Okay, please advance the screen. And now we're into Mormonism, or as they like to be called, Church of Christ of the Latter-day Saints. This was very interesting. Because um, I was trying to put together, you know, something that would be obviously different between what we as Christians believe and what the rest of the world believes about Christ. And when I read um, churchofchrist.org, which is actually the, I'm just going to call them LDS instead of continually Mormons or Church of Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, when I read, it's the official um, LDS site, churchofchrist.org. Um, when I read about them, they say that to them, Jesus is the Savior, is the Son of God, and is God as well. So I was like, well, I'm going to go skip to the Jehovah Witnesses because that's a little lower-hanging fruit. But something was nagging me in the back of my head. And I started thinking, if Jesus is God, what is God to LDS? So, I submit to your approval the famous among the LDS King Pilate Discourse of April 7th, 1844, the last public sermon given by their founder, Joseph Smith. Um, they state on the, uh, on the website, this is one of his best documented of his speeches. It's, no one wrote it down verbatim, but they do say this is really good stuff. To sum it up, he stated that God was once just like us. I'll elaborate that on a second. Further, the Book of Mormon 
and other of their works say that we can be equal to God. And this is from Brigham Young. He was a hotshot in uh, the Mormon faith. This is from the Journal of Discourses, volume 7, page 333. Um, they've got it photographed, so you can actually see it um, page by page on their website. And he says, in part, he, God, was once a man in mortal flesh as we are. There's an idea, um, there's a couplet that I can never remember. Um, it goes something like, as we are, God was. As we are, we can be God. Something like that. But their basic idea is that God was once mortal in flesh. He somehow became powerful, um, made everything. But here's the thing. If Jesus is God, and God was just a man, and we can be like he is, then their God and their Jesus is not the same God and Jesus that we worship. If you ever, according to the website, um, person in the Mormon faith, it actually gets kind of confused if you tell them that they have a different Jesus than what we do. And it's understandable if you look at the broad outscope, because they go, no, he's a savior, he's a son of God, he's God. What do you mean he's different? But if you go back to their idea of God, then you find out that, yeah, their Jesus is different. Okay. And finally, home. We're back home. The um, text that we'll be using is the actual Word of God, the Bible. So we're going to consider just a few things about Jesus. If we try to consider everything, that'd be thousands of sermons. Going back to, back, going back to the uh, Scripture, we find Jesus asking a second follow-up question. So if we look at Matthew 16:15, after he asks, you know, who do the crowds say I am? He, um, 16:15, he asks, but who do you say I am? We find that Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. I would submit that this second question is kind of more important. It doesn't matter so much what the other people say, other religions, other, other people around you say who Christ is, but it does matter to each one of us because it says that we are responsible for working out our own salvation in fear and trembling. So the first thing we're going to look at is Jesus is eternal. It's one of the... Uh, aspects of God as well. So you're going to find that a lot of these uh, scriptures that we turn to can be used to prove that Jesus is also God. But if we turn to Genesis 1, 1, we get this simple statement. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We go down to... Um, Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So, 
26, then God said, let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. The question is raised, who is he talking to? And I'll submit to you that he was talking to Jesus Christ. The way I'm going to back that up is by turning to John 1. Most of us have that probably fairly well memorized. This used a lot. But we're going to read it in a new unit of time. In the beginning, where have we heard that before? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So what do we have here in the beginning? We have God, we know that, we got that from Genesis 1, and we got this from this verse, but we also have this word that was with God. And it said the word had light. So our, what we have to do now is discover what is this word, who is this word. In fact, if it says here um, in, about the word that it's, the word is a hymn. You can jump ahead a little bit in your mind, it's capitalized, but let's keep reading. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not the light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. That was, a, that was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. That always kind of gets me. You think that people, you know, if you were your own, they'd embrace him, but you usually try to embrace your own, but in this case, not. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of the blood, nor of the will, nor of the flesh, nor of the will of man. And here we go. We're still talking about this word. We know it's a hymn, but... Look at this, 14, John 1, 14. And the word became flesh and dealt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him, cried out, saying, This is whom I have said. He who comes after me is preferred, preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace, for the law was given through Moses, but grace came, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. So, after we get down here to uh, verse 17, we find out that the Word is Jesus Christ. The Word was Jesus Christ, we go back to, to 1, and we find out that Jesus Christ, the Word, was with God and was God. This, points, this evidence points to him being at creation. But what we want to do is prove where was he before that? Was he actually eternal? And for that we can turn to um, Jesus' own word. I think that makes a pretty good witness. Let me find out where that is.
We're going to be turning to John 17. John 17, 4 through 5. This is a, this is a prayer that Jesus spoke to his father before going to the cross. That was be soon at hand. And he says, we're just going to pick out um, verse 4 through 5. I have glorified you on earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had before the world was. So in Jesus' own words, he was there before the world. He was there before um, Genesis 1. We can dig a little bit more deeper in uh, 1 Colossians 15 through 17. I'd rather make that Colossians 1. I'm actually going to start at verse 13. We are... Um, Speaking of Jesus here, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of his son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were recreated that are in heaven and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things consist. So, my question is, if he couldn't have created things unless he was there, first of all, to be able to create it. And again, we'll turn back to the words of Jesus. In John 8... 48 through 59. So this happened in a synagogue. It's a, you can really pick up, this was a heated argument between the Jews and Jesus at the time. Because it picks up here, it says, Then the Jews answered him and said to him, Do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Now in my estimation, no Jew is going to casually call another Jew a Samaritan. That's like one of, the, one, of the worst, one of the worst insults you could probably level at, a, at your Jewish um, brethren. And on top of not only, being, not only calling him a Samaritan, they also say that he has a demon. And Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. And I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, they shall never see death. And the Jews said to, him, said to him, Now we know you have a demon. Abraham is dead, and the prophets, and you say, If anyone keeps my word, they shall never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who is dead? And the prophets are dead? Who do you make yourself out to be? That's interesting. They're asking the same thing that Jesus asked his disciples. Who do other people say I am? They're turning this around. They're saying, who are you? Who do you make yourself out to be? And Jesus answered, if I, answer, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. 
is my Father who honors me, of whom you say, he is your God. Yet you do not know him, but I know him, and if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. So again, this is, you just get the idea, this is a really like knockdown, drag out argument here. You have a demon, you're a Samaritan, well you guys are liars. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. And the Jews said to him, you're not yet 50 years old, and you, you have seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say to you, most assuredly, and uh, um, usually when something is um, put there in front of a sentence, it means I'm not going back on this, this is, this is solid, this is true. Most assuredly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Then they took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so he passed by. So if Jesus just wanted to simply say that, yeah, I was there with Abraham, or I was there a little bit before Abraham, he would have said something like, before Abraham was, I was. But he didn't say that. He chose to say, before Abraham was, I am. The same type of I am that when Moses was at the burning bush asked, and who should I, who should I tell the people of Israel who sent me? I am. Tell them I am sent you. This I am, with using that, he said that he was equal with God and that he was eternal like God. The uh, Israelites understood that, so they picked up stones to try to stone him. So Jesus is God. That's the other thing that we stand on. And we can go through the same scriptures to show that Jesus is God. We can go through other scriptures to show that Jesus is God as well. But since we've already been through this, I'm just going to recall to mind John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And very important to us, one of the things that we believe, that we stand on, that we say that Jesus is, He is our Savior. <coughs> With all this glory and power, one thing, that, um, one thing that Jesus did with it, he saved us. We can go to 1 John 4.14. 1 In 1 John 4.14, we, we read, And we have seen him and testify that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. We can skip back to 1 Timothy 1.15. And 1 Timothy 1.15. This is faithful and true and worthy of all acceptance. So that's a powerful statement right there. The next thing that's coming up, very important. This is the faithful, sane, and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, whom I am chief. Uh, First Timothy, of course, was written by Paul. It's uh, very interesting that, you know, after all he's done, he's still saying, hey, I was, you know, I'm a chief sinner. I tried to destroy the, the church, tried to, um, I was, um, kicking against the goes. I was trying to stop what God was trying to do. 
But again, there you go. As faithful and true saying, worthy of acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And this was known even far back as Isaiah's time. In Isaiah 53, 5, so Isaiah 53, 5, we read, this whole thing is about Jesus Christ. Um, but we'll just read verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. So the Messiah came into the world to heal us, to save us. So 2,000 years ago, Jesus asked, who do, who do people say I, the Son of Man, am? 2,000 years later, we can ask that same question and get the same answer. One of the prophets, a great teacher, blah, blah, blah. I don't envy the people that get this answer wrong. Matthew, oh, I got Matthew 16, 15. But remember the second question. Who do you say I am? Um, Joe, And this is the question that's personal to us all. Like I said, it doesn't matter what he says it is, it doesn't matter what preacher you heard said what Jesus is, but to you personally, who is Jesus Christ? If you can say that Jesus is the Son of God, that he has saved your soul, that he is your Savior, that you have repented, that you've been baptized, and you are doing your best to walk the narrow path to eternal life, then you do good. If you can't say that, if you've never been baptized, you've never obeyed the gospel, now would be a good time to do that and change your eternity. So, have an opportunity to do that now as we stand and sing. <laughs>